This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. That's just it. If we're tricked, you're allowed to tackle a ball carrier if we don't. It's my understanding. I I used to do it anyway, so. (laughs) First time pass interference has ever been called on a nose tackle. That is, wow. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. Welcome back. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast. And just because the Bombers take a week off, we do not. Doug Brown, Greg Backling with you. And uh, Doug, the Bombers getting prepared for the Ottawa Red Blacks on Friday night following a bye week. And uh, maybe I'll ask you there, first and foremost, we, we spoke last week about what you did on your bye weeks. But what about getting back into that routine? Are you ready to get back on the horse once you get back into town and, and back on and have that first practice under your belt? Well, I think it's a lot more exciting when you're eight and three, right? If you're three and eight, you're probably like, oh, I wish I could just stay away forever. But when you're winning and uh, playing the kind of football that they are and getting things done and, and you know, starting to turn around and embrace the home field advantage, I think I think you're excited. I think you're chomping at the bit to get back at it. And uh, it's a lot easier to walk back into a, an eight and three uh, contagious winning environment than it is a three and eight one, that's for sure. Eight and three Blue Bombers, as you mentioned, Doug, in second place solidly, I, I would would say, in spite of the fact they're only two points ahead of Edmonton, the Eskimos on a five-game slide, and the Blue Bombers do have a game in hand on the Eskimos, who they play two weeks from now up in Edmonton. Calgary Stampeders at 10-1-1. They have 21 points, but once again, the Bombers having that game in hand. Are the Bombers thinking about first place, or is it just one week at a time? We know the mantra, but in the back of their head, are they looking to that final regular season game against Calgary and thinking, gee whiz, we have an opportunity here if a couple of things go right to maybe be playing for first place uh, November 3rd. Greg, all they're thinking about is the fact that they're 0 and 0, and they hope to be 1 and 0 after all. You Ottawa, are okay? so full of baloney, Doug Brown. <laughs> no. I know that's the mantra, but uh, let's take us inside the real brain of I a think, football uh, player. I think uh, you you look for incremental steps, right? So last year you had the winning record, 11 and 7. You had the playoff berth, but you went on the road, right? So I think I think ideally the next logical step for this football team is is to secure that home playoff berth, which means uh, probably coming in second place and 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 hosting the third place football team and then getting an opportunity possibly to go to Calgary. I'm not saying they can't catch or or, or won't catch the Calgary Stampeders, but the next progression for me for the Winnipeg Football Club is just to secure that home playoff date and uh, you know especially with the home field advantage they're starting to cultivate right now that that could be uh, a lot of excitement and a lot of momentum build going into uh, a Western final. And really all you want as a professional sport team as an amateur sport team or athlete is to have your destiny and to hold your own destiny in your old hands right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, looking at their schedule, obviously Ottawa coming to town this week, but you look at the rest of the games here and uh, I I can't help but you know, because we're allowed to get ahead of ourselves. We're, we're not on the football team. We don't have any part of that. So we can look as far ahead or behind as we want. We can rewind. We can press pause. We can fast forward. And uh, looking at the remaining schedule, I mean, I see them at best 13 and 5 and at worst probably 12 and 6. So, uh, you know, just sorting through. Lofty and, prediction, Mr. Brown. Well, it's it's just the way it's shaped. You're 8 and 3 right now. So that's, uh, that's the reality of the situation. And, and it's looking pretty rosy. Well, why don't we go through those games a little bit later on in the podcast. We'll go through them essentially one by one and see how we see this thing sorting out. The Ottawa Red Blacks, who are the defending Grey Cup champions in name only, 
five, seven, and one coming in here, and they have a mess at the quarterback position. Of course, last year, Henry Burris, the lifeblood of the Ottawa Red Blacks, just ask him, replaced this year by Trevor Harris. Harris goes down with a shoulder injury. Drew Tate, the oft injured former Calgary Stampeder quarterback, guess what? He goes down as well. And it looks as though former NFL quarterback Ryan Lindley will get the start against the Blue Bombers on Friday night. We don't know a ton about Lindley, Doug, but I can tell you this. In 2012, he attempted uh, 171 passes with 89 completions for the Arizona Cardinals. He had uh, zero touchdowns thrown and seven interceptions in 2014. He attempted 93 passes with 45 completions and uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and... uh, in 2015, he started one game for the Indianapolis Colts. He was 6 of 10, 58 yards, a sparkling 109.6 quarterback rating, but that was in uh, just a handful of minutes played. So an NFL career record that is nothing to brag about. How do we approach this if we're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Well, this is first place in the East coming to visit, the, well, which means absolutely nothing, actually. I know. It's fun to say. It's fun to say, oh, this is the best team in the Eastern Division which in the Canadian Football League. Much, but it still means they're horrible. So, really, it, it's hard. This is a trap game. It's a trap. Just because y- you don't know anything about the quarterback. Uh, you know this team is struggling. When you're in your third option, the most important uh, position on the CFL football field that that makes things difficult in terms of execution. So they're five seven and one. Uh, they've been up and down. Obviously, they're trending better of late just because they're on a one game winning streak here. But the Bombers, you know, if they lose this game, it's their own fault, right? This is just a mental challenge for them. I think physically, I think with. Uh, the health of their roster, the ability, the talent they have there. Uh, if they lose this game, that was it was something. It was a mental faculty because uh, this is a team that obviously not very good according to their record, and they're struggling at a key position on the football field and uh, just turmoil and unrest in Ottawa. So the Bombers, like I said, the, the biggest thing they need to do is not look past this football game and and, and dial in, and uh, we shouldn't have any unexpected happenings or circumstance. Interesting to note, Doug, as bad as the as the Red Blacks are at 5-7-1, and one, they actually have scored more points than they've given up. 365-4, 3-12 against. The Blue Bombers are the second highest scoring team in the CFL with 380 points, but they've given up 344, and they have that game in hand on the Calgary Stampeders. So technically, you could say the Blue Bombers are the highest scoring team in the CFL on a per-game basis. Ottawa likes to stick around, and their record, as disastrous as it is, some people are still saying they're better than their record. Can we say that at this point? Well, I think when they had their number one, Trevor Harris, you know, they were still struggling mightily. They were still finding ways to lose games, so they were in it or they were always going into the fourth with a small lead or something. They were just finding ways to lose, and that was with their best quarterback. So, like I said, the best thing Ottawa has coming into Winnipeg in this game is the fact that nobody knows anything about their quarterback. But usually that's not a good thing for your football team, right? So uh, you know he's going to throw some up. You know this uh, ball-hawking secondary is going to take away, is going to win that that turnover battle. And uh, it's just, I, I can't fathom, I can't wrap my head around how Ottawa comes into Winnipeg the way the team is starting to embrace the home fans and that field home field advantage, 
and 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 just the the injury concerns that Ottawa has, I cannot fathom how they they pull out this this victory if uh, the Blue Bombers take them seriously. The weather forecast could be a little bit of an equalizer. We're looking for the possibility of rain on Friday, but time will tell. I have to agree with you, Doug. The Blue Bombers only have themselves to blame if they lose this game. But this football club is starting to show signs of a team that simply wins the games it's supposed to win, and that's the hallmark of any good team in any sport. Yeah, and that, and that's exactly what this challenge is. A game you're supposed to win. Uh, your opponent has a vulnerability, a weakness right now. You exploit that, take advantage of it, and it's a home game too. they got to travel to you as well. So be one thing if they were going out there. might be a little bit more difficult, but uh, you know, chalk this one up. I'm already counting on them being 9-3. and three. We'll uh, take a pause. When we come back, we're going to talk about eliminating pads in football practice. The Canadian Football League, led by Randy Ambrosi, a former player, I'll point out to you, Doug Brown, has made this decision in conjunction with, I imagine, the Canadian Football League Players Association. We'll talk about that and what Doug thinks of the change, the massive change in practice and regulations surrounding practice and practice practices. You got what I'm saying? It's the Doug Brown Podcast. We're featuring the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. As always, right here, it's Greg Mackling and Doug with you. Hope you're having a great day wherever you're tuning in, however you're joining us. Don't forget to download, share, and to like the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Whether Bomber fans call or text, Bob Irving makes sure your questions get answers from Mike O'Shea. It's your chance to stay connected to the blue and gold. The Payworks Bombers Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving, Monday at 7 on CJOB. It's Greg for Doug. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for subscribing to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. We want to thank you for your loyalty and thank you for listening by giving you the opportunity to win tickets to see your Winnipeg Blue Bombers at Investors Group Field 204-780-6868 is the number to text and this week's secret word is practice as in no more pads, no more equipment at practice. Doug Brown speaking out against that this week on the Blue Bomber Podcast 204-780-6868 if you'd like to see the Blue Bombers play in their pads, in their helmets, at IGF. 204-780-6868. The word is practice to get tickets to see the Blue Bombers, courtesy of the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Let's get back to the action. Welcome back. It's the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. I'm Greg Mackling and... Doug, I got to tell you, when I picked up your column this morning and I read the headline, I know you don't write the headline, you just write the <laughs> column, eliminating pads and football practice, preposterous. Does that echo the sentiments of the words contained in your column? Yeah, I think so. I think it's absurd. I think one, first of all, there were two rules they brought in, right? Two changes to the way things are going to be operating. There's a third bye week that's going to be inserted, which I think is fabulous. I think that's, uh, you know, it comes to player safety the more time to rest and recover in between games, I think is paramount. So I, I'm fully on board. Two thumbs up with that one. And then I think the the elimination of one padded practice a week is that is strictly uh, for optics. That's public relation fodder right there. The CFL trying to uh, look like they're the front runners and and such on on player safety. But for me, you know, it, it's a detriment. I think it reverses that first positive win you have with adding that bye week. Now you're actually making players more susceptible and or vulnerable to injury. I mean, uh, it's not like 
There's so many ways to break this down. And no matter whether players are going to be wearing pads or not, you're going to be doing all the same drills. Okay. You're going to be doing skelly drill. You got to do inside run drill. You're going to be doing team drill for sure. You're going to be doing one-on-ones. Now, if you're a lineman, you cannot avoid contact doing any of these things, no matter what. No matter what you're wearing, helmets, no helmets, pads, no pads, or whatever, you are going to experience contact in every single one of these drills. So now you're going to be doing, now they're going to be hitting each other without pads whatsoever, you know, uh, as opposed to so many people get wrapped up in the fact that equipment in football is used as a weapon, but pads in practice during the regular season are there to protect you, okay? And the thing about this too is nobody was out there. There was one padded practice allowed per week. When we used to have a bad game, we used to have coaches that would threaten us with two or three of them, right? And nobody's taking their each other's heads off out there, right? The whole reason coaches want players to, pa- uh, to practice in pads once a week and why a lot of the coaches are upset with this change is that it, it changes your, your level that you play at. Uh, you play too high. You stand up too much. You're too, you're too uh, north-south uh, when you're not wearing pads as opposed to when you are. So much of football is about leverage. It's about getting underneath someone. You know, if, if you break football down to its most basic elements, it's me pushing against you and who can move who out of the way and, and who goes forward and who goes backwards, right? It's all a big board drill. That's what football is. And if you're not practicing those things, if you have your pads off and you're standing up and you're practicing standing up and running around like that, uh, not only are you going to be more susceptible and vulnerable to injuries in the game because of muscle memory and repetition, um, but but you're not focusing in on and, and practicing your techniques that you're also going to use in a game. Like if you're a defensive interior defensive lineman, how do you work on holding your point against the double team if you don't have pads on? You can't get a realistic look from these guys. You can't you you can't strike the near shoulder of the postman and 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 set and pivot and twist and. Uh, convey the energy you're getting from the the, the double man into that. It, it's just, it doesn't happen, right? So there's so many things that just bothered me. But to me, it was so obvious that, hey, they're doing this just to just for the headlines and, and to make the statement that, hey, look what we're doing, even though I think it's counterproductive. I get the sense that you're concerned about pace of practice translating into pace of play within the game and that whole idea of being upright and, you know, and leverage, right? It's all about getting lower than your opposition. It's about being faster than your opposition. And now you're taking away and you're creating, you're taking away opportunities to practice that. And you're creating opportunities for people to do things at half or three quarter speed, which you don't want translated into the game. Well, you know, the funny thing always about uh, as a, as a former player rep, you know, if your roster wants, you know, pretty much every time we had pads, they wanted one of your player reps to go ask the coach if they could get out of it, right? That's just the majority of your football team does not want to practice in pads because you have to then work harder, right? You have to do drills that you don't want to do. You have to do one-on-ones. It's a very different experience doing one-on-ones with pads as opposed to without. Without, it's a joke. You're just wasting your time there. And anytime, you know, there are already multiple practice sessions a week where you're not wearing pads. And the very the first and foremost thing the coaches tell you is, hey, we got to stay fast and we got to have up tempo because the last thing they want is you being lackadaisical and slowing things down and, and reducing tempo uh, just because you're not wearing pads out there. So now you get all your practices where they're hyping on speed and tempo and you're all 
running around, standing straight up, and it's just not applicable to football. And I don't see guys, if you ask any trainer, uh, you know, in, in the CFL, I, off the record especially, I guarantee you they'll tell you, hey, yeah, our roster is more susceptible now to injuries, doing these things, doing all these drills without the benefit of wearing protection, don't even say pads anymore, without wearing protection. And you know, the, another angle too is, uh, you know, this is a, a, a CFL Players Association initiative, and you know, players in the in the CFL, I don't think until you remove yourself from the game and you get a perspective, you realize what was good for you and and what you wanted. They're not always the same thing, and. Uh, a lot of players in the CFL, you know, don't like to condition a lot, don't like to work out or, or lift a lot during the season. They certainly don't like to wear pads during the season. But these are all things that, as an individual, you don't want to do, but your coaches make you do them because they understand that for the benefit and the overall health of your football team and performance, hey, we should probably be doing these things. You should, we should probably have a conditioning period. You should probably... Uh, monitor and see who's working out and we should probably practice at least once a week in pads because the coaches are the ones that are the bottom line responsible for the the performance of the football team the players are just you know you think in professional sports guys would just want to do these things on their own but no you know for the most part the majority of your room you know only is going to do what they have to do or what they're told to do right so few guys get that perspective that hey step back, why are we doing this? What's the purpose of this? Even though it's professional sport, you're going to have that same proportion of the population that's prepared to do the bare minimum in order to get the job done, and you're going to have that smaller proportion of the population within a dressing room who's prepared to do anything and everything all the time. That's what separates the great players from the average players from the also-rans, and that's why they only put four people in the Hall of Fame every year. Yeah, you know, and... You just, I haven't been hearing, you haven't been, guys haven't been talking about, wow, you should see when this team puts their pads on that one day, what they're doing to it. Nobody's being tackled to the ground, you know? Thud doesn't barely exist. You don't get square on linebackers or receivers. Thud? Thud. Yeah, thud is just, you know, when when you square up on a guy, you wrap him up, you go and you hit him, but you keep him up, right? That's that's thud tempo, it's called. But this is those are training camp things. You know, all the hitting that happens with pads on, in the regular season, for, for the most part, you're just fitting on each other. You, you're getting your knee bend, you're understanding where your hand placement is, you're seeing, you're getting your cues, and it's all closely related to what you're going to get on game day. And you're completely eliminating that now. And you're trying to get these players to replicate. They're going to be more used to now playing without pads than they are, right? The, there's going to be one day a week where they put them on, the rest of the time they're running around, you know, and football is a game of repetition and muscle memory, and it's just, I don't know, I just don't like it. It's already been watered down enough. Like I said, I've played in weeks before. Uh, guys that are older that have played before, they've all they knew were pads, right? That's all you ever wore. It was training camp, back-to-back, it was pads. It was during the week, every day was pads, until the day before, and you got a walk-through. And it's already watered down now to one, and just to eliminate it is just, it's excessively obvious that this is this is not to benefit the game whatsoever. And I don't think it benefits the players either. This is just for optics and this is public relations. And this is, hey, look at us. We're forerunners, we're front runners. And aren't we great for doing what our players want us to do and Putting taking them out safety of, But this is not good for the game, right? And I don't think it brings any safety to the game either. This is, now, just to be clear, 
These are not the rantings of a former player who want the next generation of players to go through exactly what he went through <laughs> because that's the way it's supposed to be. Carry my bag, rookie. Do this for me, rookie. That's that's not where this is coming from. Well, it's that's not even possible, right? Like the game has changed so much. I mean, if that was going to be the same, then if someone got a concussion in the second quarter, they'd have to go back in the game in the third quarter, right? That was part of my era as well. So, no, the game has evolved and for the most part progressed and is infinitely more safe than it's ever been. But now they're starting to go overboard, I think, and now I think it's going to affect the integrity and the quality of the on-field product and uh, the performance of, of CFL. And you're just, I don't know, when you get sloppy with your technique and stuff like this, it's just, it's a slippery slope, right? And like even training camp rules, everything is just going to the wayside, right? These are going to be some of the least practiced, fundamentally flawed players you're going to see, like newer uh, evolutions of, of football players just aren't going to have that drilling that is so critical in here. All I care about, uh, you know, obviously player safety is paramount, but you want to see the, the caliber of the game and those, those fundamentals still be able to be ingrained in players. And by, by limiting, you know, what they're wearing, you're taken away from that. You want to hear a large group of large men grown, have a coach yell, pots on boys. It doesn't matter what level of football. Nobody likes to wear the equipment. Nobody wants to wear more equipment than they need to. It's an interesting take on this, Doug. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. At the beginning of the conversation, after reading your column, I was closer to your side than I was beforehand. After the discussion, I think I'm even more so on your side. Scary stuff. We're agreeing again on the Blue Bomber podcast. We'll take a pause. We'll take a look at the Blue Bombers' remaining games. See how they shush out in the eyes of Doug Brown. It is the Doug Brown podcast we're featuring and talking about your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Thanks for sticking around. We've got among the most inefficient healthcare systems in Canada right here. So tell me why anyone would defend the status quo. Jeff Courier, weekdays 10 to 1 on 680 CJOB. It's Greg for Doug. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading and sharing. And of course, subscribing to the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. We want to thank you for taking time to join us again this week by giving you the opportunity to win tickets to see your Blue Bombers at home at IGF 204-780-6868. The key word, the secret word is practice. 204-780-6868. In order to win those tickets courtesy the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown, the word is practice. Text it now. Everything you need to know about your Winnipeg Blue Bombers brought to you by a CFL Hall of Fame player. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Subscribe now in iTunes. All right, the final segment of the Blue Bomber Podcast. Doug Brown, Greg Mackling with you. And I want to thank you so much for liking, sharing, downloading, letting people know about the Blue Bomber Podcast as we record for you every week here throughout the Canadian Football League season. And Doug, I have a feeling that this season may be a little bit longer this year than last season's was for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm taking a look at these standings and never mind chasing Calgary for first place place. But as you mentioned off the top, the Bombers went on the road for the Western Conference semifinal last year. Every indication would indicate that a home playoff date for the Western Conference semifinal is something that's more than attainable. And that would mean 
a date with the Calgary Stampeders in the Western Final, one more game in the season. How do you see things sorting themselves out, starting with this week against the Ottawa Red Blacks? Yeah, so home against Ottawa, I think that's a definite win right there. At Edmonton, you know, that's a difficult game. They obviously won there before with Nichols, but, you know, just for the sake of being uh, not a homer, I'm going to put a loss at that game in Edmonton. And there's another caveat there because the uh, Eskimos are on their bye week this week. Obviously, a team they ravaged need to get healthy. by yeah. an injury that may be very helpful to the Eskimos. Sorry, Doug. No problem. Following that up, home game versus Hamilton. I don't care how much better they're playing, coaching changes or whatever. You're going to win that game. Uh, then you've got two home games against BC. At the very worst, you're going to win at least one of those, if not two. So for the sake of being uh, fair here, we'll say they win one game against BC. They lose the other. Uh, they go to Toronto. That's Once a black again. hole, though, right, for the Blue Bombers, Toronto, notoriously. <laughs> well, you do the opposite. Historically. You, you know how you play all the music uh, in the stadium before you go to Saskatchewan, right? You play all the loud noise, <laughs> da, da 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 Before you go to Toronto, what you do is you put the earmuffs on, and you, you put that cotton in the air, like air... Air traffic controller, uh, uh, ear protection level, like high grade level stuff, so you can't hear anything. To practice it's how to play in so, silence. So you get used to that, right? So you... you <laughs> You, you, everything, uh, I mean, obviously you can hear each other talk very, very well, but you have to get used to it. There's zero background noise whatsoever. So. I know you have your tongue planted firmly in your cheek, but but is there some truth to that? The lack of atmosphere there? Does yeah, it, it is unnerving. You know, we used to go there. We were like, you know, the 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 phrase, I think it was Paul Apolis that said it, it's like playing in a mall is what it was. Because you, you hear some of the commercials, the advertisements, but there's no roar of the, cl- or the crowd. There's no, there's nothing that's following the play and you all your conversations of people in the yeah, third row. When you've played, when you've played, you know, uh, over a hundred games or, or whatever it is, you have certain expectations of certain plays that happen, and you get certain responses from the crowd, and they get fired up at different. Just none of that happens in Toronto, right? Everything, everything is off cue and wrong. So. Anyways, the point of this, I'm I'm saying they're going to go in and and get that win against Toronto. And then okay. the last game of the year. Hold on, now well, we got to do some math. We're okay. going to break out the abacus here. So the Bombers are eight and three right now, based on these, uh, you know, prediction and also using some reasonable thought here. Where do we have the Blue Bombers then as we head into that last game against Calgary? We've got them twelve uh, and five. Twelve and five. Yeah. Okay. So there's no chance Calgary's losing three games down the road. Down, down the stretch here, right? So is there any chance that that game November 3rd is for first place against Calgary? Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that. Uh, I know, obviously, that that could very well be a mean-nothing. It could be a mean-nothing game to Calgary. It could be a mean-nothing game to Winnipeg. It, it could be, you know, we don't know. That's That's, you know... That's the tricky part about predicting the the finish of this schedule. Uh, I think they can easily uh, get four wins out of their next six games here. But that at Calgary, yeah, I think that's kind of a blessing too because you know uh, Calgary is obviously a very good football team right now. Uh, going on the road is uh, is something pretty difficult to do there, but. It also might be if this is if that's a mean nothing game for Calgary and they're not playing their starters, so on and so forth. That could be one of those games. It kind of reminds me of uh, of Calgary coming to us in, oh. in 2000. Now, granted, granted, the Bombers don't need to win that game to make the playoffs like Calgary did in 2001, but. They came to our barn and they won, even mm-hmm. though it was a half-hearted effort and 
starter uh, representation from Winnipeg. So you're telling but I got to, the confidence there, you're right? You're trying to tell me that the Blue Bombers with the victory that night could have kept the Stampeders out of the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I okay. knew that. I was <laughs> emphasizing it to make a point. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, it might be, who knows, it, it might be a, a great game for Winnipeg to get momentum and confidence going out there and being successful uh, regardless of the number of starters or players that Calgary put in there because I pretty, th- I pretty much think at this point point in the in the CFL regular season unless something drastic happens the road to the Grey Cup will go through Calgary in the west and uh you know it's real interesting that that's the last game of the regular season for Winnipeg so in my mind uh depending upon who wants who needs that game you know what the coach's approach is to a game that may or may not mean something to them uh, they'll finish the season in my estimation 12 and 6 or 13 and 5 Looking uh, looking ahead, I like the way you're thinking. And looking at the standings here with Saskatchewan, BC, at the bottom of the Western Division and ahead of Ottawa by one point. Isn't that amazing how BC's, just, BC's last now in the Western Division? Yeah, I'm shocked by that. I don't understand how that's happened. Well, I know how it's happened. Jonathan Jennings really has had a lack of confidence and, and fallen. Well, he sprays the football. I've never liked that about Jenny. I think he's a, he's a fantastic athlete, but I don't think he's accurate. I don't think he necessarily under, understands what's happening in front of him. And, and he's a guy... Uh, the Bombers have always played BC very well, even in the game they lost to them in the playoffs. Sure. But they were always dominated them for the most part in the regular season in terms of getting those those Ws. And it's just because he's a guy that's not as careful with the football as a guy like Matt Nichols. So I think that comes back to haunt them. And now you're starting to see that evidenced in the standings of where the BC Lions are playing. Okay, I have to ask you, Clay Young here, big Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan in our newsroom here. And uh, he planted the seed in my brain on Sunday. He says, take a look at those standings. Think about the crossover. I know it's never happened before, but he's suggesting that if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are the crossover team, and let's face it, based on what's happened over the last four or five weeks, that's more likely than not that the BC Lions will be the Western Division team on the outside looking in. It'll be between Saskatchewan and Edmonton, at least it should be, for third and fourth place in the West. Let's pretend it's Saskatchewan in fourth place. They do the crossover, and the Bombers go to Calgary and do what lots of teams have done in the past and upset the Stampeders in the Western Division final. Could we be looking at 10 years later, a rematch of the 20, or the 2007 Grey Cup, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg? That's a bold outlier prediction, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am horrified at that prospect. Doug. <laughs> You're horrified. I'm I, horrified. I don't necessarily think that's realistic. I don't know. I, I just Kevin Glenn. All respect to him. I don't think he's going to go over to the Eastern Division and just you know make his way through there. To the it just doesn't happen. Like all it takes. The reason why Ottawa won last year in the Grey Cup is because you don't have to be a better team. You just have to be better on one day, right? And that's what they were over Calgary. And that's probably going to be Winnipeg's best chance about going into Calgary this year is, hey, Calgary's most likely a better football team than you are in the regular season and and overall and, you know, eight or seven times out of ten, they might be a team that beats you. But guess what? It just happens... You just have to be better on one of those days, and you got to get those breaks, and and you got to just elevate your play a little bit, and and things can go your way in football. And uh, so, you know, just predicting as much as I'd love to see um, 
Winnipeg play Saskatchewan in, in the Grey Cup because I think it'd be a I would love to see this team play that team for a championship be because I would be well I would be very very optimistic about this club's uh, chances of 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 finally laying to rest that that championship drought just because I think they are a much better contrary to what people say in Saskatchewan where they're like oh at every position we're better I don't see that when I, when I look at the rosters and and look at the depth charts and grow across the board and it starts with the most important position which is quarterback. I think Matt Nichols is is a superior quarterback to Kevin Glenn. And I think it, it continue on from there, you know, with the offensive line, with the running backs. I mean, offensively, Saskatchewan probably has some better receivers, but, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers can still handle uh, what they need to do as, as a receiving core. So uh, I just, I, I think that's a, a wishful thinking and I'd love that matchup because I think it would it would bode the, the Bombers very well in a championship game. But I, I just, nobody goes crosses over and just goes through well, that division, and, and, you know? And nobody finishes in, in fifth place uh, higher than the number one team in the East Division. We're going to see that, I think, this year. So anything could happen. And just imagine, perhaps, the Blue Bombers could exercise the demons of 2001 and 2007 all in one year by going to Calgary, beating the Stampeders in the West Final, and then going to Ottawa, facing Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and beating them in the Grey Cup. It would put all the last 27 years to bed in a nice, tidy blue and gold bowl. Yeah, especially if they beat BC twice with the remaining games of the regular season, too. Then then you'd take care of 2001, 2007, 2011, all there. All they need is somebody to break their arm, right? It, it, during the playoffs as well. Not a quarterback. Uh, definitely maybe a backup. That would be great. And then uh, all those things would have taken care of themselves. Doug Brown, the Blue Bomber Podcast. Uh, Like it, share it, download it, subscribe. It's here. We will be back next week. We'll see if the Blue Bombers are 9-3 and when next we meet. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. That is, wow. That's fantastic. I like that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com.